transition into our sermon time this morning. Um, we're going to take a break from the Stay Focused series, and we're actually going to celebrate Epiphany. So some of you might be familiar with Epiphany, and some of you might not be familiar. Um, but before I get more into what the Feast of Epiphany is and what it stands for, I'm curious if in your life you've ever had an epiphany, a moment where things just clicked and instantly made sense, a moment where everything came together for you, a moment um, above all other moments that kind of changed the course of your life. And I wonder who was involved in that epiphany. Um, was God a part of that? And I'm just curious. I just want you to start thinking about a time where you might have had an epiphany, a moment that has changed you and transformed you, a moment where after that moment, your life had to be different and nothing could be the same. So epiphany means appearing, manifesting, or revealing. And it's a celebration that takes place every year on January 6th. So it actually took place on Friday. And it commemorates the wise men and the magi and how they come far off from the east and they come bearing gifts and they're looking for the Christ child. And so Epiphany celebrates the wonderful and astonishing event of God revealing himself through a humble baby boy. God coming to us in human form through Jesus. And Epiphany marks the end of the 12 days of Christmas. So you might not know, but there's actually 12 days of Christmas that we get to celebrate. And different cultures, people, denominations all celebrate Epiphany in a different way. And for some people, Epiphany is an, an even bigger celebration than Christmas. And so one tradition I was researching is where people or kids will put their shoes outside the door with hay in it. Um, to symbolize hay for the camels of the wise men. And then um, people, probably their parents, will leave gifts in the shoes. Um, and another way to celebrate, which some of you I'm sure have celebrated, but is Three Kings Day and um, either making or getting a king's cake. Um, and in the cake, it's often um, shaped in a wreath or, yeah, here's a picture, or in the form of a crown. And there's, um, I know, I'm sure it's really good. Um, there's a little toy baby Jesus inside, and so whoever gets the baby Jesus, they get to host the party and make the tamales next year, which I don't know if that's a prize or not, but <laughs> um, that's a lot of work. Um, but, and I went to an epiphany party one time, and the person who found um, the baby Jesus got to be king or queen for the day um, to symbolize King Jesus. Um, so it's a really... Yeah, Epiphany is just a really fun time, and I think um, if we celebrate it a lot or if we've never heard of it, it's something that as a church we can reclaim. And one thing um, that stood out to me as I was thinking about Epiphany this year is if, say, you were really busy over Christmas this year and you felt like the whole season went past you and you weren't able to sit down and reflect and really honor and adore the Christ child, well, Epiphany is for you. There's still time um, to really celebrate the meaning of this season, and so I just invite you um, into wonder and awe this morning as we celebrate Epiphany together. Um, so we're going to really um, focus on revelation, and so revelation is just God coming to us and showing us what he's like, and so all revelation has its heart in Jesus, the person of Jesus, and so we're going to look today um, in the story of the wise men 
and we're going to really study and see the details of the text and what God's revelation looked like to them, how exactly did he reveal himself, and then how did the Magi respond? And then we're going to ask ourselves the question, how will we respond to the Christ child this morning? Um, so please join me in prayer as we prepare our hearts to receive God's word. God, we thank you um, for revealing yourself to us in your son, Jesus, who is the epiphany of all epiphanies. And God, I ask that you would shed light on our scripture this morning, like the star of light that you use to guide the wise men. And would you open our eyes and hearts to your, pre your presence and revelations in all of its forms and help us notice, seek, and respond to your gracious revelations like the Magi did. May we never be the same. May we go a different way after we encounter you, Jesus. So I pray all of this in your name. Amen. So our scripture passage this morning is found in Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. And I'll be reading from the NIV translation. And since this story is popular in our culture, in pageants and nativity scenes, I want you to try to kind of forget some of that and really come to the story afresh, like you're hearing it for the first time. So if it helps you to close your eyes, feel free to close your eyes and just really allow yourself to hear the story, to interact with the characters um, as if you're hearing it for the first time. So let's approach the text with the same curiosity, awe, and wonder as the Magi did on their journey to the Christ child. So starting in verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose ahead of them went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So what a powerful story. God reveals himself to the least likely people, the Magi. 
in both a miraculous way through the star and in the most humble of ways through a baby Jesus. And so we're going to examine the details of this story in light of these two questions. How exactly does God reveal himself? And how do the Magi respond? And what can we learn from them? So first we see that God chooses people that we probably wouldn't choose to reveal himself to. So the Magi who Matthew refers to were scholars and studiers of the stars. They were astrologers and astronomers. And we don't know exactly where they were from, but they were probably from Persia or Babylonia. And to Israel and the early church, Gentile astrologers would not be on the VIP list for Jesus' birthday party. They would be seen as some of the least deserving people for God's revelation. Not only were the Magi foreigners and not God's chosen people, their very profession in and of itself was idolatrous and looked down upon. God, we see, chooses to call and reveal himself to foreign zodiac experts with no prior knowledge of him. And he does this in a way that would be familiar to them. God calls them and draws them to his son through a star. This was a good reminder for me um, this week that God reveals himself to who God wants to reveal himself to. And it often happens in the most unexpected places, to the most unexpected people, and in the most unexpected ways. Often offending or surprising those of us, like pastors, who think we're insiders on God's revelation and have this God thing all figured out. Have you ever experienced this discomfort? Has God ever stretched your faith or your picture of who God might call? Has someone who in your estimation was far off from God, way beyond um, redemption, have they ever surprised you with their openness to God's revelation, with their great hunger to following the shining star, their openness to leave everything to follow the light? Or maybe you actually relate to the Magi. Maybe you have no prior experience with God, you don't know anything about Christianity, you feel like you're a pagan, or you're far off, or you're an outsider, yet something inside you keeps calling you to the light, keeps calling you to the bright shining star, promising that as you ask and seek and pursue it, um, that something beautiful um, will lead you and be at the end of it. We also see um, that God is oddly personal and, to me, just surprisingly humble. So God comes to people exactly where they're at and in ways that are familiar to him. So the Magi are led to the Christ child first by a star. And stars are their jam. This is what they study. This is their day job. They're astrologers and astronomers. And the God of the universe chooses to make himself accessible to us and to them um, by using our unique personalities, our contexts, our life stories, um, and I just think that's so incredibly kind and gracious of God. And God's humility and accessibility astounds me sometimes. Um, it just makes me want to worship God, and it's just breathtaking how this incredible God of the universe comes so near and so close to us in ways that we can actually understand. I also think of Simon and Andrew, who were fishermen, 
and Jesus uses a huge catch of fish to call them and get their attention. I know the fishermen in the room, if you have a crazy catch of fish, um, thanks to Jesus, I'm sure that will get your attention. Um, with the crowds, Jesus used parables that used common things like yeast or coins or bread um, to try and relate to where people were at and also kind of confound them and um, challenge them as well. So what if we, what if I woke up in the morning expecting and knowing that God is going to reveal himself today in the ordinary moments and the ordinary things of my life and of your life? We might be invited on some pretty epic adventures and into some pretty astonishing stories like the Magi. We also see in this story a little bit more about how God likes to reveal himself. We see that God reveals himself in two ways, through nature and creation and also through prophecy and the word of God. So first, um, we already talked about how God is the author of the stars and God uses the stars um, to catch the attention of these wise men and God uses the created natural order to reveal God's self um, to his people. And then we also see, I just love that Christmas carol, um, talking about the star of wonder, star of night, and how this is the star that leads them to Christ, to the perfect light. And then we also see in this story that God reveals himself through scripture. So in Jerusalem, the wise men, they come and they figure the king would probably be um, in Jerusalem, the bigger city, and so they go to King Herod. And of course, King Herod is very threatened because they're asking about a different king of the Jews. And so Herod goes and gets the scribes and the Pharisees and asks them, where do you think um, this king will show up? And they point him to a biblical prophecy about the shepherd of Israel, um, the king of the Jews being born in Bethlehem. And so Herod, I think, passes that on to the Magi, and then that's how the Magi know um, to go to Bethlehem. And once they learn that from Scripture, then the star returns and leads them exactly um, to where Jesus is in Bethlehem. And so this revelation of God's, both through nature and creation and through Scripture, reminds me of an Irish theologian and kind of Celtic theology and they talk about how God uses both the big book of creation and the small book of the Bible um, to speak to us and to reveal um, God's self to us. And so I'm curious about where in creation you might feel closest to God. Um, is it the ocean? Is it the crashing waves of the ocean that make you feel small and um, just remind you of God's vastness and God's bigness? Do you feel close to God in the forest with leaves crunching underneath your feet um, and just breathing in the fresh air? Or do you feel God closest to God in the mountains? Um, and again, just remember your smallness. The Psalms um, recount over and over how the beauty of nature um, can speak to us about the beauty of God um, and that this is a way that God communicates to us is through nature. Um, and how the beauty of nature can reveal the glory of God. And Augustine um, refers to this connection between creation and creator and reminds us that we are to behold what he has made and to love him who made it. So when we see this beautiful creation, 
We're not just called to stand in awe. We're also invited to love and to worship the creator who made it. And lastly, um, Jesus also embodies this when he invites, in the Sermon on the Mount, he invites his people to consider the birds of the air and to consider the lilies of the field. And so again, he uses nature um, to teach us about the ways of the kingdom of God. So that's the big book of creation. And then I'm also curious, how might you have encountered God in the little book of scripture, which is the words of life God breathed um, and inspired and handed down to us throughout the generations, molding and shaping um, the church into the people of God. So in your personal life, how have you encountered God through scripture? What scriptures have stopped you in your tracks, encouraged you in your faith, renewed your imagination, and invited you into a new perspective? What scriptures have made you mad, have you wrestled with, have forced you to kind of submit to its authority um, and do something new? And finally, we see God's ultimate revelation. We first saw it in the star in creation, then in the prophecies about Bethlehem in scripture, and then ultimately, all of the stars and the scripture lead to the ultimate revelation, which is Jesus, the epiphany of all epiphanies. Every hope, every expectation of God's people and God's people today lies in Jesus. Jesus shows us what God is like with skin on. And so if you're new to the Christian faith, the best theology you can find is Jesus himself. So I encourage you to read the Gospels, to study them, to soak them in, and to see how Jesus operates, what he does, and then you'll know what God is like. And so we find um, that the wise men, they follow this star, and it stops over um, this home, and then the wise men enter, and they see Mary, and they see Jesus, and we know that they, it seems like they immediately bow down, and they press their faces against the floor, and they worship and adore um, this Christ child. So it's a beautiful, beautiful image of what these outsiders to the faith, how they respond and worship to Christ. And it stands in great contrast to the religious leaders who they knew about Bethlehem, they heard about the star from the Magi, yet they didn't even go a few miles to go check it out, to go check and see if the Christ child was there. They were apathetic, or maybe they were afraid of all the disruption that a Christ child would cause. But it was the outsiders to the faith, the ones who might not get it, they were the ones who actually came and saw and experienced and then worshipped the Christ child. So this humble baby that they find isn't just any baby, but this is the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Um, And this is the true revelation of Christmas and of Epiphany, is the Christ child, God with skin on. So the Magi, we see, respond in wonder, in awe, in faith, in worship, and generosity. So God is the one who revealed himself first. God went after the Magi. He called them. He invited them through the star and through the prophets. And then they respond by opening their treasure chests and they give 
the Christ child, um, gold and frankincense and myrrh. A few weeks ago, I asked the kids in the children's wing what gifts they would bring baby Jesus. And their gifts were a little more practical. They said blankets and a bottle and milk and food and toys. Um, so I wonder if the Magi, what, what exactly they might have been expecting um, when they brought those gifts. Or maybe they just wanted to honor Jesus no matter what his age um, because they knew that he was a king. So as I've said, the outsiders, the magi, they get it, and the religious leaders do not. When they encounter Christ, the magi's lives will never be the same. Not only do they worship the Christ child, do they bow down, but they go home another way. So God again speaks to them in a dream and warns them, that Herod um, has an evil plan um, and to go home a different way. So not only are they transformed in their worship, but as they return home, they will never be the same and they have to go a different route and a different way to avoid Herod and to avoid his schemes. So how about us? When we interact with, when we encounter the Christ child, do we go a different way? Does it change us? so significantly that we will never be the same? If the savior of the world was a few blocks away in the Walmart parking lot, um, I don't know what I would be doing there, but how would we respond? Would we rush to see him and bow down and bring him our best Christmas gifts from a week or so ago? Would we plot to get rid of him like Herod? I'm hopefully not. Or would we just keep on keeping on, we're too busy, we've got things to do, and pay the um, Christ child no mind, just like the religious leaders in our text? How should we and how do we respond to the epiphany of all epiphanies, the revelation of Christ? Will we rejoice in his coming? Will we bring our gifts before him? Will our lives be forever changed? Will we go home transformed by our encounters with Christ? So I just challenge myself and us um, to expect that Christ wants to reveal himself, that as we talked about, he already is revealing himself through creation. So the next time we go to the beach, let's view it as a time of prayer. God is there. God is crying out to us um, through the waves and through the beauty. Um, and the next time we read scripture, Let's read it with the expectation that God wants to speak directly to us in our particular situations. Maybe no one else knows what you're going through, um, but God does. And not only do I want us to receive these revelations, but as Christians, as little lights, as little Christ, we are called to be epiphany. We are called to be the revelation of Christ to everyone we meet. We are called to be the star that shines down on the home where the Christ child is and to invite others um, to draw near to Christ. So I'm curious who or what is a star in your life that sheds light, that sheds light on Christ and illuminates Christ's love, Christ's character to you. Um, I didn't ask Jeff for permission, so I'm sorry, Jeff, but I was reflecting yesterday um, that Jeff is a star in my life. Jeff, I feel like your kindness just really reflects um, God's love and just 
your patience really reminds me of God's patience. And so you're a star in my life that points me to Jesus and sheds God's light and reminds me of God's um, goodness and God's kindness. Um, so I want you all to, to think, who are the stars in your life that do that for you? And how can we be um, the stars in other people's lives? And I know it sounds cheesy, but it's in the passage. We can be these stars um, that shine the light of Christ um, to others. And Matthew, throughout his gospel, he's constantly talking about how we, as Christ's disciples, we are the light of the world. Um, not maybe, but it's true. We are the light of the world, and we are called to shine like lights in the universe. Um, we are called to be salt and light in a world that is very dark. We know the world is groaning, creation is groaning and crying out for light, for Jesus, for this revelation. Um, and we who have received this revelation, as we receive it, we can embody it and we can be that revelation, that star of light um, to others. So to close this morning, I want to share a story about how those um, who were considered outsiders received kind of a revelation from God um, in a jail in Washington State when I was doing um, jail chaplaincy up there. And so I just share this story because it reminds me of our story from today because it's people who might not be I guess your typical Christian people, because we were in a jail, and actually typical Christian people were in jail. Paul was in jail. A lot of the Bible was written in jail, so I take it back. Um, but anyway, some people could say um, that these people were kind of outsiders to the church. Um, so it was one of my first weeks um, doing chaplaincy in the jail, and so I was really nervous and just wanted to be this epiphany, wanted to be Christ. Um, and received Christ from the woman in jail. And so I knew that God um, can speak to his people and wants to reveal himself to us. So I sat on my couch and asked God, um, God, what do you want to show the woman in the jail? What do you want to share with them? And so I heard the phrase restless leg syndrome. And I didn't know what that was, so I wrote that down. And then I looked it up on WebMD and confirmed that it was a real condition. And so I felt like, okay, maybe... That could be from God. And then I heard um, Macy really wants to know God's love or is lonely and wants to know God's love. And so I wrote that down too. And so I went into the jail with fear and trembling and we did a Bible study on the kingdom of God. And then I asked the women afterwards, um, what if God's kingdom could come right here and right now? And they're like, yeah, sure, whatever. And so <laughs> I said, well, God showed me or told me or shared, somehow I heard these phrases when I was praying for you guys. So does the phrase like restless leg syndrome mean anything to you? And so they all like kind of gasped at me and I turned bright red and I thought they were mad at me. And I was like, oh, but then they said, wow, like God knows me. And they said, how did God know? Or how did you know? Or, and they were just so touched that God would know them and that God um, shared with me what they were going through. And then I was able to pray for them and ask God for healing. Um, and then they also said that their jailmate, or um, Macy was back in um, like the other cell and she was lonely and um, yeah, wasn't able to come to the Bible study. And so I showed them on the sheet how God knew about her too. Um, and again, they were just struck that the God of the universe knew them intimately, knew them personally, and wanted to reveal himself to them. 
um, even if they felt like they were on the outside, even if they felt that they didn't belong in the church, um, God was for them and God was with them. And God, through whatever ways possible, wanted to reveal himself to them. Um, and so I just share that story because all of us, we can all receive revelation from Christ and we can be that revelation um, to others in our world who need it. Um, and that is the good news of Epiphany that we celebrate this morning. And so go home and make a Christ or king's cake and find the baby Jesus. And um, just remember that that is the true revelation of this Christmas season. Um, and so that is really wonderful news. Yeah, so I um, invite the worship team um, to come back up. Um, and as they do so, I'm just going to invite us into a time of prayer and reflection. And this is a wonderful time in the midst of our busy weeks where we can come and slow down. And I just encourage us to ask God right now how he wants to reveal himself to us. Um, so I invite us all, if you're willing, to close your eyes and to join me in this time of prayer as the worship band leads us in our final song. So God, we thank you, Lord, that you are generous with your revelation. You send stars and babies and scripture and words of knowledge, God. You want to communicate with your people and you communicate with those of us who think we're on the outside, God. You most want us to know that you are for us and you are with us. So God, would you show us right now um, as we sing this song, as we sit quietly, however we want to respond, um, God, would you show us who you are? Would you reveal yourself to us, God, um, through the Holy Spirit? Through the Holy Spirit, we have access to the Spirit of Christ in all times and all places, and that is such an incredible gift. So Holy Spirit, we ask that you would reveal Jesus to us in whatever ways um, we need to hear or know Jesus in this moment. And as we receive this revelation, um, would you show us, Jesus, how to offer this to others? So come and meet us in this time. Amen. So in the name of God the Father, who reveals God's self through creation and through scripture, and in the name of God's Son, Jesus, who came to earth as a baby boy to live, and to die um, and to raise again for us, to save us. And in the name of the Holy Spirit, who reveals Jesus to us in all times and all places, may you go forth um, like the Magi, curious, filled with wonder, and ready to bow down um, and worship the King. So go in peace, Living Spring, and have a wonderful week. God bless you.